the Four Horsemen. What you have here is the Four Horsemen, united, live and exciting color. Um, not those Four Horsemen. These Four Horsemen discuss theology from different viewpoints, different perspectives, as we show people how to have discussions without turning into a keyboard warrior. Are you stupid? Now, here's Dennis Thurman, Adam Black, Benjamin Kerfman, and Derek McCarson, the Four Horsemen. Thank you for joining us. We are here with Adam Black and Ben Kerfman, and we're missing Derek McCarson, so I'm going to do my best Derek McCarson impersonation this evening. Uh, now, if you if this were a video as opposed to audio, obviously I look considerably older than Derek. Uh, but uh, anyway, so here's the question for us to consider this evening: Is the church falling prey to consumerism? So, what do you think about that, Mister Ben? What's consumerism? Consumerism would have to do with marketing, with selling something, with uh advertising so that people would uh, want to uh, purchase whatever you are, whatever commodity you're uh, giving to them, uh, showing them that here's something of value that you need and here's why, uh, kind of salesmanship, that mentality. We see it out there in the world. I mean, obviously, uh, we're in the Christmas season, so consumerism should be very apparent all about us. Uh, you're getting advertisements. You're getting all kinds of things asking you to buy into stuff. So are we promoting the church that way? Is that is that something that evangelicalism has uh, used as a strategy? What, what, what are you seeing? Are you saying our churches shouldn't have gift shops? <laughs> well, what, what do you think about that, Adam? Uh, I would – gift shops – We'd have to define what gifts are, uh, like a bookstore. Yeah, sure, why not? I mean, um, what if well, I'm talking selling about, like little angels and things like? That? <laughs> or, or, or what if you got church bumper stickers, church T-shirts? And that's hats. more around the. I, I'm all about it. I'm all about that. Hoodies. What about hoodies? I, I've Polk actually had this church hoodie. I've actually had requests for hoodies. We haven't done any of that, but we're going to. But um, but yeah, I'd do it. Is that consumerism? Um. Possibly, but I also think it's marketing. I mean, you look at <laughs> which is the definition. That's, that's the spiritual word for it. Yeah, marketing. But, but I mean, it is. But I think it's one of those deals that we can sit here and say, well, you know, consumerism is bad, and it could be an idol, absolutely. But we wouldn't care so much about what our logos look like. We wouldn't care so much about what our websites look like. If if we if we didn't buy into it a little bit. We wouldn't do any of those things. We would, again, going back to the, we'd be an unattractive church. We don't want to be attractive. We don't want to, we don't want to have a nice logo. We don't want to be, uh, where people would want to come. It goes back to that, uh, unattractive thing. So I think we do it. Um, I, I do think there are dangers to it, but, um, but I would say, yes, we do it. So, so consumerism almost gets into something almost, uh, a, a mindset, a perspective that becomes a dominant way of viewing things. It goes beyond, I think, just understanding uh, how to connect with people, how to present yourself, how to do things with excellence. I think it becomes uh, idolatrous. It becomes a methodology to me that uh, that brings scripture uh, subordinate to that. It, it becomes the thing is how you present yourself. 
above everything else. Um, so, so defining it that way, uh, would consumerism be bad, Mr. Kerfman? Yeah. I mean, I think if you ask yourself, okay, if I move into a community and I'm a believer and I'm looking for a church to become a part of, uh, what am I going to hear about first from churches? Is it going to be the word or is it going to be something else? I know like when we moved into our new home last year, uh, we got mailers from churches and it's like right on the front is here's the name of the church and our logo. We got great stuff for kids. Uh, we're friendly, you know, um, our music's awesome. I mean, you know, it was, it was like, here's all the stuff that we can offer you. Here's the services and enjoyable things that we can offer you. I, I won't say entertainment cause that gets overused, but to an extent, that's kind of what some of it is. Now, I think those churches probably mean well, you know, and so I'm not slamming anybody that has a logo or something like that. But the question is, it's it's kind of like, okay, what is my mission? My mission should be to proclaim the gospel and make disciples. It should be my mission. Okay, what it what is the the media that my church is creating? How is that communicating that that's my mission? So the problem is, I think in a lot of churches, what is getting communicated is our mission is to be a healthy organization. Um, our mission is to make an impact in the community, a positive impact in the community generally. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. And, and, and those are kind of the things that are communicated about growing the market share. Yeah. I, we're not going to say it would, that way. They wouldn't but. say it that way, but yeah, but, but it's, it's one of those things where a lot of the things that I'm seeing are geared more towards for lack of a better word, carnality of uh, these people are not going to come to church because they want to hear the gospel preached. They want to hear uh, their sin exposed and, and repent and trust Christ more. Most people, that's not like their main thing of like, I really want to go somewhere where somebody's going to preach on sin and, and uh, hold me accountable to get right with God. You know, that's not what people are looking for in most cases. Typically that's not the case. Right. And so the question is, is okay, what are we uh, what are we catering to and trying to accomplish our mission and are we actually undermining our mission while we're trying to pursue it at the same time because of consumerism so so what would be our motivation in marketing ourselves and in, in advertising and presenting ourselves can can you have a good motivation in in doing that adam i think you would say yes yeah i mean it's 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 one of these deals where you, if you sit back and it's like these, these churches that are struggling, for example, and they're sitting there and they're saying, we're wanting young people in our church. We're wanting kids in our church. Um, we want to see uh, Bible school. This, this We want to see our church grow younger, but they're doing nothing that they're, they don't have a nursery. They don't have any sort of children's ministry. They don't have any, anything that would get them to what they're hoping the demographic per se, that they're trying to reach. It's like they're going counter to it. So I think that it's almost like fishing, right? Like you, you want to use the right bait, knowing what kind of fish you're fishing for. You want to use the right type of bait to, to catch them. I think it's, it's not an either or situation. I think it's, and, but I mean, it's both. I think you can be, um, 
it's a, an attractional model. I mean, it's like we want to attract people into our church. We want to put on a play. We want to put on um, something to draw people in. We want to invite people uh, to this and preach the gospel to them. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think if your if your only goal is to just get people there, that's where it's wrong. I think that's where it's completely wrong. Um, but and, I, and maybe once you get them there, that your message is going to be diluted so that you can keep them there. Is, is that also a danger? That is. Oh, absolutely. But, well, the goal, if the goal is to the put butts in seats, right. then, then yeah, I mean, you're going to, you put on a circus every week. Um, but I, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think because if you, you do marketing, you have nice logos, you have t-shirts, bumper stickers, all that type of thing. That doesn't mean that you're watering things down or your goal is just to get people in the seats. Um, I think it, again, it's, it's one of these deals where you hear people talk about, we want to see church growth. We want to see this and that and this and that, but everything that they're doing is counter to that. I mean, our church was like, we want to see young people here, but they had no children's ministry. So it's like, you're, you're not, um, Paul didn't either. <laughs> ben, do you, do you get, the, do you get the idea sometimes though in churches and the way they're presenting themselves that it's, it's a competition thing? That it's like our church has this and this church doesn't. Now they won't say that again, but but the but but the underlying thing is we've got to increase our market share, and, and that means that somebody else's is going to go down. I I think it can be that way. I mean, I wouldn't presume on the motives, you know, of other church leaders. I mean, I know guys who are uh, love the Lord, you know, and do that kind of thing, and they do things differently, you know, than I would do. And I, and I agree with Adam. I think there is a balance there. I mean, I, I do our church website and our social media and all that, and I want it to be engaging and I want it to be uh, effective at giving people the information that they want. Um, but my, my motivation isn't, uh, to appeal to people's carnality, um, in, in order to get them to hear the gospel. And so, and, and, and again, this, it's an ecclesiological problem. It comes back to a lot of what we've talked about before in the sense of, okay, what is the purpose of gathered worship and the church and all that? Because uh, my goal is not to get lost people to come to a church service. Um, and my goal is, is for lost people to hear about Jesus where they are from people in my church. And so now I, I'm talking about like Sunday morning. Now, of course we've talked before, you know, if you're doing a, outreach event or something like that that's specifically for that that's different you know if you're saying hey on wednesday night we're going to do a cookout or a movie night or something like that to me that that's different that's not uh you're not saying hey we're going to come together and worship and water everything down until lost people like it you're just saying this is just something we're doing specifically to build relationships with people and do that kind of thing Um, okay so so i'm gonna even though i might disagree with you somewhat on that uh, i'll i'll follow your trajectory there and so look at it this way. Suppose a new family moves into your community, okay? And and they're looking for a, a church where they can be discipled, where they can worship God in spirit and truth, a church much like yours. How are, how are they going to find you? How are they going to know you're there? How are they going to connect with you? And that's yeah. okay? I think it is because I'm – because the whole reason why I want people to know about the church is for people who are believers looking for a church (laughs) to, 
to know that the church is there. And of course, unbelievers, if the person says, hey, you know what? I think I really need to be in church. I'm going to go to that church that I see the bumper sticker of or my neighbor's wearing their shirt or I went to the ball game and somebody had a hat on with that. You know, and, and there is something to be said for that of if that person is looking for a church, I want them to know that we want them to be there and that we want them to come. And I think marketing is a way to do that. The The difference is, is um, w- w- basically what's happening when they get there. You know, I think we're, we're all in agreement on that of if you're preaching some kind of weak sauce gospel, then like, I don't care about your marketing or anything else. You need to shut the doors. Because you're not you're not doing anything. You're just making people, you know, happy on their way to hell or whatever, you know. But it's one of those things where at the same time we live in a society where um people need to know that you exist. And unfortunately, people need to know I, I think part of that marketing includes the fact that you're actually going to hear the gospel here. I know that sounds bad, but a couple of weeks ago, we, my wife and I were out of town in another state, and we went to a church plant. We found a little church plant with like three families in the back of an auto parts store. And one of the things he said is, is uh, the reason why there needs to be another church here is because it's a total crapshoot when you visit somewhere. You're either going to get wacky liberal theology or you're going to get some kind of watered down, feel good type stuff. And, and, being able to actually find a church that's committed to sound doctrine is actually really hard in that area. And so that's one of the things that they promote is, is you're going to hear the Bible preached here. And we talk about these kind of things. Um, and so I think, you know, marketing is somewhat neutral. It's what are you marketing? Right. <laughs> but, but you, but you can market that. And I'll get out and respond to this. You, you can market that in a way that's like uh, 1995 <laughs> technology. Yellow pages, on, on, on the, or on on the internet even, but it looks like you know just bad. It's got the spinning cross yeah, gifts yeah, from yeah. the nineteen nineties, as opposed to to it looking you know fresh and not outdated. Right? Um, is, should that be a concern at all, Adam? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And that's that's kind of the that's been my hesitation with our church website because we don't have whatever we do. I want us to do it well. I, I don't want to do Why? it. How, because it's an act of worship, I think. There you go. Um, I think it's an act of worship. Because God's worthy of it. Right. And yeah. so of giving our best. And so mm-hmm. that's the reason why I've been kind of hesitant on a website because we, we're not there yet. We, you know, of, of what exactly um, uh, we're wanting to accomplish. Um, and one thing you guys would probably be proud of me, and those of you listening might be surprised, but one of the thing, one of the sayings that I see a lot that I have a, a personal issue with and and I've even had some of our folks say it to me is the whole, you see it on bumper stickers and stuff. And I'm not naming the church that used to say it a lot, but I love my church. Mm-hmm. It's not my church. Like I, I don't get me wrong. I love I my, I love Westwood. I right. love my church. Right. I love our people, you know, but I think when, when that, it becomes this, competition mm-hmm. see i don't have where, a problem with that where my you don't have a problem no, with that? I don't but really see and, and again that's a personal thing because i, I i'm I, i'm like i love my church but it's not mine you know it's it's his and and it's his kingdom it's not my kingdom and that, that's the thing that i've really that god's really dealt with me well, that's how you interpret it right and so i you know i, I know churches that do that but it, it it does become i think a competition there was a i forgot who it was um some podcast i was listening to some famous pastor was talking about that there was a church that uh, 
had moved into town and they had bought a billboard and it, they put the billboard right across the street from his church. And the, the, the billboard was that. something about like our church is better essentially, you know, um, to, I mean, it's, it's not my kingdom. It's his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like it's, we're all in the same. Well, we're not all. In, well, we are in this room. We're all in the same team. But uh, but I think that's the danger that you get into with consumerism uh, is that when you head in into that uh, marketing uh, philosophy, that when it becomes the, the driving force, it becomes your mission is that this is the way we accomplish our work, quote, doing things with excellence, but but we're doing it so that we're better than that other church down the road so that we can draw people. And then you take your doctrine and you put it on, maybe you still have it, but you put it back in the, you know, you got to really search for it to find it. And when you come to hear it, maybe in a new member class or, you know, a Bible study group, you might hear that sound doctrine, but in the pulpit, even though the pastor may say, I believe it, he's not going to say anything that's going to upset those new people coming in. Uh, because he doesn't want to put up a barrier. I understand. I understand the philosophy, and I think the motivation's fine. But I think there's a real danger there, and I think it's happening a lot. Well, and I think another danger on that same same breath is is um, trying to be like somebody else. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, imitation. Uh, right. Like like I want I want to act like this, or we're going to do it like this. And and I, I understand that you can learn from other people. And I get that, but. You're trying to create this church somewhere else because they've had some success. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, that's where I think plagiarism of, of sermons and things of that nature has, has come up because, well, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to download Rick Warren's or, you know, that's old school now, but, but I want to download the sermon and, and that's happened of, of saying it verbatim and saying, thinking, well, you know, it, it'll, it'll work. But and he it, actually promoted that. I mean, he really? actually, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They he gave him out templates of yeah. things oh. to be used in campaigns. No, and mean, stuff. Oh, like it was that. a franchise. It was a total oh, franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know yeah. MacArthur's got all his sermons online, but I don't think his purpose is. Yeah. That, that to me. What about that, your boy, Andy? He's franchising. Is he? The thing I'm about Kerry like, Newhoff, he's all the way up in Canada. What well, does he have to do with well, Georgia? I need, I need to. Get in on that. No, I'm kidding. Um, but but I'm just saying there's, some, there's something to be said for that, right? It's like, man, you can get this cam- campus patcher gig. You don't even have to preach or anything. You just, like, get up there and tell a joke and, uh, you know, uh, meet with people during the week or the whatever. The problem is is that when you're not looking in the – if you think that way, right? Like like having Pole Creek, like as far as a stru- or programming, I guess you would say, maybe probably wouldn't work where i'm at right and kind of exactly. vice, and vice versa right it's yeah. it's the same con- it's like i've and, told and our what's folks what's wrong like, with being a small church it's okay that's the whole thing it's, it's like, like where you're at adam you guys are right in the middle of the neighborhood you know what if the only thing you do is reach the people in that neighborhood that's totally fine right there's nothing that says that you know, oh we got to have two three hundred people no you don't you just need the people in the neighborhood need to know that y'all are about jesus and right well some and, people and, need to get saved before jesus comes back but and the main reason i said that a minute ago about the competition wanting to be like, man, I, I had a, somebody ask me if when I was in church planning very early on in ministry. And, um, he said, if, cause I new spring, I love new spring, went down there all the time. And he said, if your church never grew to a new spring, would you be okay? And at the time I, I didn't, cause I'm thinking I'm going to be the next mm-hmm. Perry Noble, but that's mm-hmm. kind of funny now. It's a good thing you aren't. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, you, you humbled do, me. And, and, and I don't care. Uh, I mean, unless you're just more sanctified than I am, 
when you go to these conferences and you hear these big name guys and they're on the platform, they're talking about how they do it. And, and you look and you see it's working and, and all, it's just easy to become enamored with that. Um, and, and I will tell you when the book purpose driven church first came out and somebody in our church actually gave me a copy and I read it and I thought, wow, this is what, this is what you do. And I still think there's some great principles right. there. I, I don't look at it as heresy or anything, but but the truth is, we're not. We could never be saddleback. We're not right. in California. That's and his and his gifts are not my gifts. And and I think that's where you really mess up and give in to that whole consumerism that becomes destructive. Is when you try to make your church be like you know Hollywood. I love um, I love the example of the guy that came to Spurgeon and said something because I think. If I remember correctly, uh, when Spurgeon was at his church, it was around like 1,400 members or something huge. like that, which for that day Mega was church. just huge. I um, mean, in that day. So he's preaching to these people, you know, constantly. And there was a another local pastor, I think, that came up to him that just had this real small congregation and just said, you know, it just felt like a failure because he's like, I got this handful of people and you're over here with this huge ministry. And Spurgeon was like, okay, well, how many people are in your church? And he told him. And he's like, I think that many souls is enough to be accountable for don't you? And it's like, you start thinking about it that Mm -hmm. way. And it's like, man, do I really want thousands of souls that, that I I'm supposed to be able to say, this is this person and this is their testimony. And this is how I'm praying for them. And this is how I'm helping to equip them for the work of the ministry. It's like, if, if I get to the point in my church where people start dropping names and I don't know who they're talking about, I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know that that just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. It'd be fun, but I, I, no, as a shepherd, I want to know. I, I want to be able to go to a hospital and know the person that's mm-hmm. there and, and pray with them. Now, I don't go every day. We've got other staff, but but I don't ever get to a place where I'm basically, you know, just the guy that gets up and preaches, you know. And, and so that, or, that's me. I'm or not when a, somebody else. when a member dies, you yeah. know, I don't I don't want to have to hunt for something to say. Right. I want to say I, I know this person. Right. This is this is where they were at. Right. This is what their life was about. Well, two things I want to, and then I'm, I'll be done. But number one is talking about, um, talking about to the church members that are listening, not the pastors, but the church members. I think one of the big dangers is, is church hopping, you know, Mm -hmm. try to find the church that pleases me, that has everything I want. Um, and here's the problem with that. You'll probably never find the church that completely satisfies you. But on the flip side of that, God's giving you special gifts that can truly be used in any context, any situation. And so if you're listening to this and you're not a pastor, you're just a church member, man, God's giving you a gift to use where you're at uh, and be dedicated. I had a lady that I, um, we had her funeral this weekend and I, I learned uh, during the time I was away from our church um, that um, she was passionate about kids learning about Jesus and she was passionate. That was her gifting, teaching, and she wanted to teach children. And um, for about a year, year and a half, um, all she had in her class was one kid. And um, and her some of her her son in law in particular was telling me that he's like, I didn't understand why she was doing it. I mean, he said she gave it everything she had. She'd go buy t- uh, toys and things that would fit the lesson, and she poured everything she had into it every week and she only had one kid and this one the church was down to 15 20 people she was there every sunday was fully dedicated and then if that little girl didn't come well she had studied quote unquote for nothing but she still did it 
And uh, when I first got to church, the, the girl that she poured into come to know the Lord, and I had the opportunity to baptize her, and she was at her funeral um, the other night. So, um, you know, sure, she could have gone to a bigger church that had more kids, and but, man, God had put her where she was at. She poured everything she had into that one kid. Um, and, and so she used her gifts that God gave her and it made an eternal impact. Um, mm-hmm. and sure you can go to a church and the music could be the best and it could please everything, but that's a temporal impact on you and not on others. And so, and pour into other people and use your gifts right where you're at. Cause that's the danger of consumerism from a, a member standpoint. Mm-hmm. Amen. The, the transportation is, is so readily available that people don't have to have a community church anymore. They don't have to know the people in their neighborhood. They can drive to, to wherever and they do. And that just makes it that much easier to go to the shiny new place that offers the bigger and better uh, things. And, you know, I will tell you, it's, it's, it's human, it's flesh, I know, but when you invest in a person, uh, a family, you're with them in times of crisis, you're, you pour into them, you raise them up as leaders, and then, you know, the next thing you know, they're going on to bigger and better things. It is not a very pleasant feeling, and I do not have happy thoughts when that, when that happens. And I know I need to repent of that. I understand, but uh, I'm just being quite candid. That's sometimes how it makes you feel. But so. even if you go to the big shiny thing, use your gifts there. Well, yes, we hope you would. Don't just go Don't and just hide. blend into the scenery, right? Use and some people gifts. do that. I, I will tell you, they do that. They go because they don't really have that accountability, yeah. you know. And I would just say, you know, Adam, you you spoke to the members. I mean, to the other pastors, man, don't. Don't sell out on Jesus to try to get people in your church. Absolutely. God God will bring the people he wants to be there. Now, like Adam would probably get ready to say, you know, don't do a poor job of everything you're doing either and just say, well, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit will work it out. You know, the Holy Spirit helps us. Uh, you know, I don't believe, you know, it doesn't say in Scripture that, uh, you know, God helps us who helps themselves, but God also expects you to use wisdom and wisdom means being a good steward of what you have. And if you're doing a poor job of letting people know about your church and planning your service and taking your sermon seriously and trying to do the worship to the best of your church's ability, if you're not taking those things seriously, don't expect the, the Holy Spirit is going to send people to places where they're going to be sanctified and edified. And if you're not making your church that place, there's another church that they're going to go to. And so at the same time, you know, don't, don't sell out because it's like, man, if we just, uh, you know, I know that I know that I don't really agree with the what this music says, but it's really popular right now and people come or, you know, uh, if I preach this, you know, people might get upset and leave and, and we really need the, the numbers to stay right. And people people get discouraged if other people leave the church. And so we just need to just kind of go over gloss over that subject. You know, it's like. Don't do that, mm-hmm. you know, no. and, and my pastoral recommendation is one of the ways you avoid that is preaching through books because it forces you to deal with that stuff of like, man, I don't like this, but the Holy Spirit will use that. I've seen that so many times um, where he'll use that to, to bless somebody and to bless the church. All of God's word, the whole counsel of God's word is good for the church. And so mm-hmm. don't, don't ever compromise on that or, or shy away from that. Do things with excellence. You, you do want to be attractive in the sense of you want people to realize that, that you're serious about what you're doing. 
Um, but you never want to do, you never want to bring people in the door at the expense of the gospel, because if you lose that, you've got nothing. Absolutely. So in closing this segment, what we would challenge you to do as a pastor, as a church leader out there, church member, is be authentic, mm-hmm. be who you are, uh, try as best you can to build according to the Bible blueprint uh, in the context of your community, your culture, and the people you're trying to reach to know how to communicate and connect with them. Yes, do things with excellence for the glory of God, but uh, but don't try to to present yourself as just the, the latest and greatest and our church is better than your church and your church stinks and ours is fine and, and wonderful and growing. And, uh, you know, just uh, God needs you regardless of what size church you are. He's chosen you. He's placed you where you are. He wants your light to shine. Don't hide it under a bushel. Be on the Internet. Be on social media. Present yourself so people know that this is a place where I can get the truth. And uh, and if you're not given the truth, then, uh, you know, write Ichabod over the door as far as I'm concerned. So thank you for tuning in. Beware of consumerism. God bless. You can continue the conversation online by visiting us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the number four horsemen. Don't forget to tell your friends and enemies about the podcast and be sure to subscribe and review. They look at me funny when I talk like I got a speech impediment. Homie, check my passport. Heaven, I'm a resident. Like a conscious rapper, but do more than master the president. I see brothers coughing, so I hit them with the medicine. On the other side, they say their grass is greener. Seen the forecast, man, they call them for Katrina. Here we are once more. Once more, let's start that over again. Okay, can you get that be on there? Yeah. <laughs> 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 we already did the speaking in tongues episode, Dennis. <laughs> yes, we did.